Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to the Schools of Excellence podcast. I am so excited to kick off this exciting new series that we have here on the podcast. So several years ago, um, back in January of 2020, I really started to piece together a lot of different processes and ways that I was helping leaders move along their journey inside of Schools of Excellence, inside of our Directors Inner Circle and our Owners HQ program. And I really wanted to solidify it into a framework that was repeatable um, and consistent and gave consistent results so that our clients could really understand, if I'm here, at this point in the journey, what do I need to work on next? And that is how the Pyramid of Excellence was birthed. And a little over a year and a half ago, about 18 months ago, our trademark actually came through. And the Pyramid of Excellence is a proprietary trademarked process for Schools of Excellence. It's actually one of our six trademarks that exists inside of our company in how we help leaders consistently up-level their skill set and their mindset and build schools of excellence. So today is episode one of a five-part series, working through all the different phases of building a school of excellence inside of the pyramid of excellence. So leading a school is super challenging. It's one of the most challenging things you're going to do, right? It has a never-ending to-do list of activities, of projects, really consumes a lot of your time. And A big part of success is knowing what to prioritize, what to hold off on, as well as understanding what stage of the school you're in, right? What stage of growth you're in. And the Pyramid of Excellence is a tool that I created to help you identify what stage your school is in. So it provides guidance on this is the system you should be working. This is the process you should be working on. This is the next level conversations you should be having, the next level sustainable systems that you should be creating inside of your organization. So let's talk about each of the stages of the pyramid. So let's start with the bottom. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to be doing high level each of the stages. And then over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be going deep into each stage of the pyramid. 
So the first stage is the survival stage, okay? This is the stage where the school is just starting out or it has just gone through a difficult uh, crisis or it has gone through a transition, okay? So survival is not just determined by the infancy stages of a school. It is also determined by what is happening inside of the organization. And many times a school will come back into survival after a difficult crisis, like the pandemic, when COVID hit, all the schools went back into survival. Um, or there is a significant transition that's happening inside of the organization that will typically bring a school back to the level of survival. So the main characteristics of survival is it's characterized by lack of structure, organization, and processes. And so the main focus in the survival stage is to really rebuild a solid foundation and develop a clear vision and mission uh, for where you're heading. So what happens a lot in the survival stage is it's characterized by a lot of questions, right? Where do I find qualified teachers? How do I convert prospects into clients? Marketing to ideal parents, determining what program or service to provide, identifying the needs of our ideal parents, and understanding how to cover payroll and overhead. So one of the common feelings that people feel in the survival stage is a lot of self-doubt, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of ambiguity. What happens for business owners is, well, most business owners don't like ambiguity because most of us don't because we like the clarity of this is what I need to do. But survival is full of ambiguity. It's full of a lot of unknowns because there's a lot of questions that you need to answer. And so what happens in the ambiguity is, leaders become doubtful and uncertain and it becomes magnified at this stage. So people in survival mode typically will spend a lot of time researching and looking for inspiration, kind of looking over their shoulder what other people are doing. And they look for inspiration from people who are farther along in their growth as motivation for this is what I should be doing right now. Now, it's really important to be getting advice and wise counsel from people who've been there or farther along than you. The challenge is, is that people in survival look at people that are further along in the aligned or legacy phase and they're like, oh, I need to be doing what she's doing. No, she's in the legacy phase. What she or he is working on is absolutely not what you should be working on. You can look at them as inspiration of like, oh, one day I could be working on that. But right now, that is not your season. So I often bring in parenting as an example in leadership. Well, mainly because I have four kids of my own, but also because it's such a great analogy that sits side by side. When someone is in the young years of raising children, right? So they are doing bath night every night. They're doing bedtime every night, right? They are doing homework every night. They are preparing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, weekends are full of like, uh, six people all want to eat a different kind of breakfast. And when are we serving lunch? And dishes are through the roof because everyone wanted to make a different type of pasta, right? And then what are we having for dinner? I don't know. I just cooked all weekend. I don't want to cook again. That is what your days are full with. When you look at someone who is in the, you know, empty nest type of season of life. And you're like, gosh, I really should be doing that on my Sundays, you know, going to the lake and, you know, spending time over there. It's like, sure. When you get to that season of life, that might be something that is inspiring to you. You are not in an empty nester season of life. Roll up your sleeves and get in the grind because it gets by quickly. You are doing bedtime tonight at seven o'clock, not sipping cup of wine and hanging out with, you know, other empty nesters. So the challenges is like in parenting, it's like, well, duh, of course I have to do bedtime tonight. But then with leadership, we're like, oh, I don't have to work on my retention system. I could go do acquisition. And it's like, no, you can't do that until you have these things in place. So now that we've got that out of the way. So what do you need to focus on in survival, right? 
Where do I find quality teachers? How do I convert prospects into paying clients? Where do I market to get my ideal clients? Who is my ideal parent? What type of program or service should we provide? What are the needs of our ideal parent? How many kids do I need to fill capacity? What do I need to cover payroll and my overhead? These are some of the questions that you need to be answering and creating the right processes and systems for so that you can move to the next stage. Now, next week, I'm going to dive way deeper into survival, giving you more strategy and tips on what to focus on in survival so you can get out of survival. And in our director's inner circle and in our owner's HQ program, this is what we focus on strictly in the first 90 days when clients come into the program. We are helping them work through survival and understanding how to set up the right infrastructure to move to that next level. So what is the next level? Well, the next level is the disordered phase. Okay, so in the disordered stage, the school has started to grow. Your main focus is on stabling operations, creating systems and processes and building a strong team. Okay, so the leader needs to focus on improving communication, building trust, and creating a positive school culture. So let's talk about some of the realities of running a center at this stage. So the initial excitement and optimism of running your center has faded away, and you're left with some of the harsh realities of the minutiae of running the center, right? The 24-hour treadmill, the gasping for ear, the trying to keep up. There's a lot of shame and embarrassment at this phase because you feel like I should be know what I, I should know what I should be doing, or I should know how to do this, or this should be easier for me. And so there is so much shoulding, and it leads to a lot of procrastination, self-doubt, and self-blame. A lot of questions at this phase are around how to stop accumulating debt and how to really create some referral programs, some incentives. You're answering a lot of questions from teachers and parents. There's a lot of confusion around roles and responsibilities among staff and administration. There's an excessive amount of decision fatigue. So you're making a lot of decisions, not just, so there's different kinds of decisions and we have a podcast episode on decision-making, but what happens in the disordered phase is decision fatigue is very, very heavy because you're making small decisions like who goes into that classroom, who covers that shift, who takes care of that. And then you're making big decisions like, do we open up another classroom because of the high enrollment? So those are bigger decisions. And because you're still trying to create the right infrastructure in your calendar, because it's still a new skill for you, you're not allocating enough time for decision making. And so decision making ends up happening in the car, in between, you know, meetings or in middle of the night. This is why so many leaders wake up in the middle of the night, because they have unmade decisions that end up waking them up because their brain is like, hello, we need this answered. And then they're ruminating on that in the middle of the night. Ah, yes. You who haven't slept last night, I see you. Your family gets a lot of the leftovers. Your interactions with them feels minimal and it is fraught with a ton of exhaustion and mental fatigue. So what is the focus going to be in the disordered phase? The key focus in the disordered phase is foundational systems, our gratitude system, our time management system. We teach these systems inside of our membership, inside of our program. When you join the inner circle or the owner's HQ program, 
there is a huge focus on understanding how to build systems and infrastructure inside of your organization. Because before we can even start mentoring and coaching on your leadership, um, on your self-leadership, on how to coach and mentor others, on how to create mentorship programs, on how to help your executive team understand how to coach and mentor your teachers, you need to understand how to build the right systems to create sustainability and predictability inside of your day. And so that is why we have the time management system, the gratitude system, the communication system, the daily huddle system, the meeting framework system, all of these systems are taught. There are blueprints for them. They are templates that you plug and play inside of your center because you need this to get to the next level, right? You can't get to the next level. We have a podcast episode that talks briefly on the Gratitude Matrix is episode three on the podcast. We talk a lot about time management on the show as well, but we teach that extensively as a system inside of the program. So you're also looking at building systems that are essential for sustainable growth because Without building that, it is very difficult to build, grow, and scale the school to the next level. Okay, so let's talk about the integrated stage, right? So the next stage we did survival, disorder. Now let's go to integrated. So integrated is the school has built the solid foundation and it is growing rapidly. So the main focus in the integrated phase is expanding the schools, increasing enrollment, improving academic performance. So the leader here is really focusing on strategy and the strategic plan to build partnerships and improving the quality of education, as well as uh, developing their leadership team. So most school leaders spend the vast majority of their career in the integrated phase. This is not like, oh, I'm here for a couple of months. No, you're actually here for a couple of years before you're ready to move to the aligned and legacy phase, because there's a ton of infrastructure that needs to be built in the integrated phase. So what are some key things that you need to look at? So the first thing is addressing bottlenecks and operational inefficiencies. Leaders need to focus on reducing bottlenecks and optimizing operational efficiency to promote growth and development. You are the biggest bottleneck inside of the organization. And so in the integrated phase, we are looking at, okay, what are the bottlenecks? What do I need to delegate? Who do I need to delegate for? Who needs to be up-leveled? Who needs to be demoted? Who needs to be cross-promoted? Where is my career progression ladder? How do I create the right promotional strategy inside of the organization? What is my career lattice? Who has opportunity and availability and capacity as a teacher. Maybe they could do something else extra before I promote them into leadership. I don't have the budget for this type of salary. Can I do something else instead? There's so much that we work on inside of the integrated phase. This is one of my favorite phases to work with leaders in because they've built those foundations. They've built the mindset that they understand everything starts with them. And so now we're looking at, okay, Let's answer all of these questions. Let's start creating those processes in place. And most importantly, building the reps for you to come back to this again and again. These things are never one and done. We build the system and then we come back to it repeatedly, fine tune it and build the reps so that you know how to use the system in the heat of the moment. Knowing when and how to use a system and process is a whole different conversation. You can have the best systems in the world. If you don't use them, it means nothing. So let's talk about the next thing that we focus on in the integrated phase, creating infrastructure and growth plans for team members. So this is such a huge opportunity to understand, okay, 
What is my one-on-one system? What is my feedback system? What is my performance improvement plan system? How do I develop my teachers? How do I see who's ready for promotion? How do I create the right performance keys and diagnostic tools to understand which each team member is in terms of growth? This is the phase where inside of our membership, we introduce the six performance keys, which is our diagnostic tool to understand the six keys to build and sustain a teacher of excellence. This is where we introduce the uh, four forces diagnostic, where we help owners understand how to diagnose where their direct are and what they should be focusing on, what should be in their job description. This is where we create metrics. This is where we create understanding where is their growth opportunity? Where is their skill gap? Where is their mechanical skill gap? Where is their leadership skill gap? Where is their mindset gap? Do they even want to be coached? Do, like so many people up-level themselves out of a job in the integrated phase. So healthy churn is actually a huge part of a healthy school. In the integrated phase, you will find yourself churning through some of your leadership teams until you have the right team in place because you will see certain people who are up level to a certain port and then they're like capped out. They're done. They don't want to go any further. They don't want to be coached further. They don't want to be pushed further. They don't have capacity. They're not in the right season of life. They're done. They don't want to go further. That's fine. But then you have to churn that role. There is so much judgment around churn. Retention is important, but there needs to be a healthy churn as the company grows because certain people are going to naturally drop off as you grow the company. They're just not going to be a fit, not because they're not good people, but because they're not a fit for where your vision is going and where you're heading inside of the organization. And so looking at your leadership team every six months or so and assessing where are they holding? Are they ready to be pushed? What's their next skill opportunity? So many times... The leaders are looking at, oh, this person's been here for six months. They're ready for a raise. Before let's talk about raises, let's talk about who's ready for the next skill growth. Who's ready for the next coaching opportunity? That's what's happening inside of the integrated phase. That's what we teach inside of the program. Nobody's teaching these things. We're talking about the mechanical things of like, how do you give a raise? When is a person ready for a raise? Halt. Let's talk about, is this person a fit for the company? Do, are they coachable? Do they have the right mindset? What is the right mindset for your company? What are your company values? Do they know how to make decisions based on company values? Do you trust them? One of the things that I spoke about in a previous podcast episode on ROI, I spoke about, I asked an owner, how many months would it take if you gave this person leadership of the school, how many months would it take for her to drive the company into bankruptcy? When you are giving a person a role, you need to ask yourself, like, if I step back, How long would it take for them to blow this thing up? What capacity do they have? And if they'd be blowing it up in three months, great. Now you understand their coaching opportunity and their skill gaps, right? We've got to ask the hard questions. We can't just ask the easy ones, which is how much percentage should I give them a raise? That is the easiest question to answer. The harder question to answer is, will this person be here in three years? Does this person have the emotional stamina, the drive, the motivation, the alignment, the season of life, the capacity to grow with you? We get so fixated on what percentage of a raise and how often should the raise be. And then I have to give everyone else a raise. And we get so sucked into insanity that we miss out on. No, that is like the last of the questions you need to answer. And they're the easiest questions to answer. Stop ruminating over them so much. Just make a decision and go ahead with it. These are the questions that you want time to process, to journal, to reflect on, to take space to think and process through. So 
What else do you need at this phase? You need patience. You need accountability. The leaders who know how to exercise great patience, humility, and accountability and expand their capacity to sit in discomfort, to sit in the unknown, to sit in the, oh God, I just delegated this thing to this person and it is making me deeply uncomfortable because I don't know how they're going to tolerate it. Your capacity to sit in that discomfort and not jump in and micromanage and save the person. That is a huge marker for are you going to make it to legacy? These are the skills we have to learn. Do you know how to sit in discomfort? Can you expand your capacity to tolerate pleasure, right? Do you actually know how to be comfortable when things are easy? Do you know how to sit when things are good? Or do you go and shit everything and blow everything up the moment things get easy? I've seen leaders do that again and again. I've been guilty of doing that. It sounds crazy. Why would you blow something up when it's so good? But we're addicted to the chaos. We like to fix things. I just had a conversation with an owner and she's like, I'm okay when things blow up. I like to fix things. I like to calm everyone down. And I was like, ooh, we got to be a little wary of that if you are uh, subconsciously bringing lots of problems because then you get to fix them. Again, a whole separate conversation. Okay, so what happens at the aligned phase? In the aligned phase, the school is well-established. The main focus is on expanding the reach of the school. Here, you're focusing on creating new programs, expanding to new locations, new initiatives, and increasing the imprint and the impact of the school. I see way too many leaders doing this in the survival stage or the disordered phase. Oh, we're going to create this new initiative. No, you're not. You're not in the aligned phase. You don't get to do that. You need to focus here. Oh, but, but, but everyone else is doing that. I know. And part of being a grown up is understanding don't do what everyone else is doing. Look at where you are and what you need to be doing to grow your business in this stage, right? That's part of being a disciplined business owner and a smart CEO. They learn how to do delayed gratification, not impulsively go after all the things that they want to focus on. This is where you're creating alignment of parents, of teachers, of leaders. You're creating a shared sense of community, a shared vision, mission, values. Everyone's working towards the same goal. This is where you're assessing if people's dreams in the company align with their life path and align with where you're going as a company. This is where you're looking at designing better quality of life and work-life harmony for your team. You're prioritizing, understanding, okay, how do we continue to foster culture of care and support that leads to better performance and better retention rates? This is where you're empowering people in the company to give feedback and to give back to the company. This is a lot of paid forward opportunities as well um, by encouraging feedback, taking action on it. This is where you're creating a culture of continuous improvement and innovation. And this is also where you can begin to consider expansion and going deeper or going deeper and stronger. So in this phase, you need to decide, am I going to expand the school's reach or am I going to focus on strengthening existing operations? Expansion can be a really viable option for leaders who want to grow the school's impact, reach, and revenue. But it is also costly and time-consuming. And so leaders need to consider whether the school's infrastructure and resources actually support expansion. Does the school have a solid foundation to build upon? I just had a conversation with an owner who was telling me that she's opening up her second location and that's all her focus right now. And that's why she can't join the program because she's going to get distracted. And I told her building a second location without a strong foundation in the first location. Now you are exacerbating. Now you are making worse all of the problems that are in your first location. Now you're going to have two locations with the same problems. We 
have become obsessed as a culture with more, 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 forgetting about how to create sustainability first here before we go create more, more. Going deeper and stronger means focusing on improving the quality of the school's operations, enhancing curriculum, investing in professional development, building stronger relationships with your community. This is where you're working a lot on brand reputation, brand retention. Okay, so let's go into the final stage, the legacy stage. So in this stage, the school has achieved its goals. You've made it. And the main focus is on maintaining success. And the leader needs to make sure that they have a sustainable business model, improving financial management, and developing a succession plan. So this is where you might be looking at acquisition, understanding your assets that you've built inside of the school. You've built a name for yourself as a leader. You have a steady flow of teachers who consider it a privilege to work in your school. That's how you know you're in legacy. You no longer have to take warm bodies because you've built a culture and a school of excellence that has a high level of retention and qualified right fit employees. This is where you need to really focus on leadership fitness, where you need to make sure that your leadership team stays fit and strong and doesn't get complacent. So this happens a lot in the legacy phase. We become complacent. We don't create leadership fitness programs for our people to be strong in their leadership, continue to develop them, and they become complacent. And then a crisis comes or a transition happens and boom, they're back in survival, right? So they play shoots and ladders. They keep going up and down. What we need to understand is there's always another crisis around the corner, right? There's always another thing that's going to happen, thing that's going to blow up. If it wasn't the pandemic, it's this, it's the next election that's happened. There's always something. And so are you building the sustainability that when there is moments of crisis, chaos, volatility, your business is designed with this unshakable foundation that you can navigate it without flying right back into survival, So that's what you're working on in the legacy page, because guess what? You have the capacity, the resources, and the time to work on that. When you are in survival, you do not have time to work on these things. You need to build your steady flow of teachers, build your steady flow of enrollment, all the things that I said in survival. When someone is in survival, think about in their life. When someone is in survival, they don't have the privilege or the luxury to work on, oh, Let me build a wealth management portfolio. Let me look at investments at compounding my, you know, compounded interest. Let me look at, I don't know, building a family or whatever it is. No, my job is to survive. I need food, shelter, water, right? Think of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You don't get to think about self-actualization when you're in survival, when you're at the bottom of the pyramid. And so when you're in the top of the pyramid, please focus on leadership development. Please focus on all of these things. Don't let that go because boom, you'll be right back in survival. This is where you're looking at succession planning and reevaluating your mission, right? Making sure that it actually continues to align with who you are right now and how you've developed as a leader, right? The vision can change. When I first started the company, the vision was not the way that it is right now. My business was in survival. Uh, seven years ago. Now I have more time, more capacity, more resources, more financial resources, better relationships, more connection, more opportunity. I have tons more things to lean into that allows me to expand my capacity for what is the schools of excellence mission and vision. So let's wrap this up here. One of the things that I really want to highlight here is as a leader, you cannot rely on instinct to know what you need to work on inside of your organization. You need to work with a tool and an assessment and then mentors and coaches who guide you because they have an objective, non-biased view of your center. And so the reason for that is is because you are not biologically wired to be connected to your school's vital needs. As a human being, you're 
biologically connected to your body's vital needs, right? You know when you're gasping for air, you feel it. If someone puts a bag on your face, it doesn't matter what the hell you're doing right then, you stop and you're, get the bag off my face, right? Because your first vital need of oxygen has been depleted. When you go into an ER, they check for vitals right away. We are biologically connected to our bodies, knowing what our vital needs are and our vital signs. And we need oxygen uh, to breathe. So the moment you're not breathing, whatever's happening stops to get the breath. Inside of your school, you are not biologically connected to the school's vital needs, meaning you will not instinctively know when your school is gasping for air. And the proof of that is that so many leader schools are gasping for ear. There are millions of holes in the bucket, and yet they're going and prancing and saying, we're going to start this new teacher mentorship program. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? That is like the worst use of your time, money, energy, people, and resources. So knowing that you're not biologically wired to your school's vital needs is a gift. Because when you know that, you will use the right tools to get you to where you need to be. We created a tool. It's called the Pyramid of Excellence Quiz, and it helps you assess where you are in the pyramid. So you could take that quiz. The link is in the show notes, and you can learn more information about that. And also, inside of the membership, so inside of our Director's Inner Circle, inside of our Owner's HQ program, if you've listened until now, right, and you have been nodding your head in the podcast and you're like, yes, my school is here. I think my school is here. Maybe we're a little bit here and a little bit there. Not sure. We're a little bit in this stage, a little bit in that stage. That happens also sometimes when you're trying to kind of diagnose where you are. I would love to have a conversation with you. You might be a phenomenal fit for our Directors Inner Circle or our Owners HQ program. Would love for you to click the link in the show notes fill out an application, apply for our membership. The reason there's an application process is because this is an exclusive opportunity. We do not let everyone into the program. We get hundreds of applications a year. We don't accept everyone because not everyone is a fit. Not everyone is a right fit for what we're teaching, right? This is a not a quick fix solution. This is a long-term holistic approach to becoming a better leader, to becoming a better person, to becoming a better school leader, to becoming a better business owner, to understanding how to build this infrastructure inside of your organization. So if even a little bit resonated with you and you're just a tiny bit curious, would love to have a conversation with you and see if you're a good fit. Thanks so much for joining me here today. Stay tuned for next week. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there. 
I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.